Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone at San Diego State was just like, when are we going to get like a good quarterback? You know, like if mm-hmm. San Diego State, that team had a good quarterback with Pumphrey and Penny and that offensive yeah, line. Yeah, Josh Allen. I know, we had Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. We could have been doing it with Instead, instead, we had you know, Chris Chapman, who was like legitimately trash. I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be dick to him, but like that guy sucked. These are the tales of college football past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off field moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. We do the work. You tell the story. These are the college football stories. I'm Austin Gale from PFF. I'm going to tell you the story of the 2016 San Diego Aztecs. All right, let me paint the picture here. San Diego State is supposed to be good. 2015, they go, I think, 11-3 and three that season, and they're dominant. It's the first year where we're able to see Donnell Pumphrey like, in a legitimate starting role. Not a lot of people remember this name, but in 2014, there was this guy named Adam Muema, who was the San Diego State running back beforehand, who was like super sick at San Diego State. Adam Muema was supposed to be like a top 100 pick in the draft. Like People loved him, and... Donald Pumphrey, who was this true freshman, like wasn't getting opportunities because Adam Muemma was there. So 2014, 2015, he's graduating, he's going to the draft. Side story on Muemma. Muemma is this draft pick who is like getting prepared by his agent to do all this like combine drills and all that stuff. Ends up bowing out of the combine because he says God told him not to do it. And he's going to get drafted by the Seattle Seahawks and wear like number four or some shit. So like he ends up never doing it, never gets drafted. And like, I don't even know where this guy is now. Like, I hope he's doing okay <laughs> and all this stuff. But Adam Webber was like this dominant San Diego State player that was like in this, you know, like put Donald Pumphrey in a shadow. But then in 2015, Webber graduates, right? He's supposed to go on the draft, whatever. 2015, they go, I think, 11 and three in that season. Like they're pretty dominant that year. I think the only teams they lose to are all out of conference, right? So they lose to Cal at Cal. Um, I think that was when they had Davis Webb, who was a Giants quarterback for a little bit. They lose to South Alabama at home, and they lose to Penn State in in Happy Valley, which was honestly never going to be a dub, but they win every other game. So they go undefeated in the Mountain West. They win the Mountain West Championship, and then they beat the University of Cincinnati in the Hawaii Bowl to go, like I think, 11-3 and on the season, which was like they were supposed to be good. In that season, their quarterback was okay, but he was, you know, his name was Maxwell Smith. He was okay. They were really excited about this kid off the bench, though. This, I think, true sophomore at the time, Christian Chapman. So you go into 20, you fast forward 2016. So 2015, there's some bad losses out of conference, all out of conference. You go to 2016, like, one was gone, but we got this kid, Pumphrey. Maxwell's gone, but we got this guy, Chapman. I think we're going to turn this thing around. I think, I think we're about a repeat. So there is this whole energy, right, at San Diego State 
of repeating as Mountain West champions. I think that the 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 mantra was like win 20 or win 21, something like that. So our 20 or 21st Mountain West championship. And I was a sports editor at San Diego State for both these seasons. I was a sports editor for the 2015 season. That was dope. And I was a sports editor for the 2016 season. And going into it, we were jacked, man. I thought we had we were going to have a lot of success. We were excited to see Donald Pumphrey. Obviously excited to see Christian Chapman and, and get this thing on the road. Did we expect to repeat actually Probably not. And in this 2016 season, the opponents that we had, when you think about the NFL talent, San Diego State both had and faced, um, it's why I chose it, right? I think 2016 had these high expectations and they lived up to these high expectations with a bunch of insane clutch games from NFL talent, right? Donald Pumphrey, Rashad Penny, Demonte Casey, Calvin Munson, Nico Siragusa, Daniel Brunskill, like all these guys that like legitimately uh, Cameron Kelly, is even like had some run with the Steelers a bit. Like there was a lot of talent on this team. So um, I, I was a big fan of that season. It was my last season at San Diego State that I covered the football team. Um, and it, it was a big year for sure. Real quick, uh, the year prior, you were covering the team. So you would have been in Hawaii. <laughs> is there a better place to celebrate a bowl victory than Hawaii? Absolutely not. I mean, Hawaii <laughs> is sensational. The following bowl game was in Las Vegas. And I wasn't 21 at the time, so but, so Vegas probably wasn't as cool. But Hawaii, man, Hawaii, a sensational piece. I mean, it was also like, I mean, this is San Diego State before the 2015 season was kind of a doormat, and it was that first year where they were really turning things around. So it was a lot of new buzz, and it was right in that time too in San Diego where the Chargers were trash. They were considering moving, right? Like the sole energy around the San Diego Chargers, and so the entire city of San Diego, which is not like a hometown. This is not Green Bay, okay? Like San Diego has other shit to do. You know, they, they go to the beach, they do other things. San Diego like rallies around this Aztecs football team because the Chargers are leaving in their trash. They don't believe in Spanos, the, you know, Dean Spanos, the owner for the Chargers. So like it was a, definitely a newfound energy. And like the Padres weren't good. The Chargers were leaving. Let's all rally behind this Aztecs football team that's actually winning games and uh, fill out Qualcomm. So it kind of, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, it's obviously biased, right? It's my last two years at San Diego State. But, like, it honestly was, like, two of the biggest years for the program. A, a big reason why, I mean, they're having success now. And Brady Hoke is there. I, I was there when Rocky Long was coaching the team, who was, like, a literal legend as a pre, as in the press box. I mean, he or he, he was a, quote, machine, a uh, real traditional guy. I think if he was still coaching, I'm not sure if he is. He was an old dude when I was covering him. He would not like the transfer portal. He wouldn't like the NIL. Like, <laughs> traditional guy but um it was fun covering that team i'd expect nothing less than a guy named rocky yeah rocky long (laughs) 70 plus years old like rocky long was old as hell when he was coaching right now he's 71 and uh he was coaching into his late 60s when i was covering the team for sure and and if you were in politics we'd call him the junior senator from san diego (laughs) (laughs) all right so the first game of the year who, who we got First game of the year, 2016, it's, uh, I believe, New Hampshire was this first game. So we're kind of hyping up this first game at home, and New Hampshire comes in, you and I, and they're, like, legitimately garbage. Like, like we knew the game was going to be an absolute onslaught. So we end up winning that game 31-0, and it was, like, never close. Like, our defense, you know, so much of this season – 
You'll talk about Donnell Pumphrey, who breaks the NCAA career rushing yards record that season. You'll talk about um, Chapman playing well. Rashad Penny is the backup behind Pumphrey at the time. But that defense was awesome. And the San Diego State defense for years now has been really good. Even under Brady Hope currently, I think they're a top five defense in uh, EPA, you know, EPA per play allowed and stuff. But um, on defense, they just legitimately could not move the football. Like they could not throw the ball. They could not run the ball. They lose 31 or San Diego State wins 31-0 over New Hampshire. And honestly, temptation, expectations were kind of tempered, right? No one was like, man, big win over New Hampshire. This is the year. Uh, to, to paint the picture on the, the sports reference page, New Hampshire isn't even hyperlinked to be able to go to their page. They don't have the page on here. Super small, super small FCS team um, where like they, again, like they legitimately could not move the ball. They had eight total first downs in that game, only 141 total yards. We had 461 total yards in that game. If anything, I thought it was a, you know, I think when I was covering the game, I thought it was a potential look ahead spot because we had Cal at home the following week and Cal in the PAC 12, obviously, you know, a better football team than um, San Diego State, or at least on paper, right? They were favored to win that game. I think the total is really high. Um, but that, I thought it could have been a look-ahead spot, and they lose to New Hampshire. But they open up the season, and they dominate. Calvin Munson, who's the leading tackler that season, and I think he was drafted by the Patriots or the Dolphins or, you know, early in his career. And it might be tricking around the NFL on special teams, but he was awesome that season. Fantastic dude to cover. Was awesome at the on the mic, too. But uh, that first game, it was like, okay, we're good. Let's look on. We're on the Cal, you know, it was a Bill Belichick type of press conference. We're on, we're on the Cincinnati type of thing and uh, excited, I guess, to move forward for sure. I think everyone was looking ahead really to this Cal game and Cal mm -hmm. had Davis Webb and Davis Webb was like this NFL caliber quarterback. And this was legit Pac-12 after dark. It was a late game, a late night game that, um, you know, I think everyone had high expectations for San Diego State to stay in it. But I don't think anyone expected them to win in this fashion. So San Diego State ends up winning this game 45 to 40 in like just an absolute shootout where Rashad Penny is dominating. He has a hundred yard kick return in that game. He also has a passing or receiving touchdown in this game, but also Donald Pumphrey goes off. So Donald Pumphrey being this like five foot eight, 140 pound running back, 160 pound running back that has draft expectations is coming off a 1500 yard season goes for 281, three touchdowns on 29 carries. And like, this is the start of the Pumphrey for Heisman campaign. This is the start for, oh my gosh, he might break the NCAA rushing yards record. Like he legitimately might break the NCAA, you know, Ron Dane's rushing yards record after this, after this week. And there is a lot of energy around that. And Davis Webb goes toe to toe with San Diego state. We're running the football kick returns looking well. And then, um, you know, Davis Webb in the end, like, San Diego State ends up holding out on the win and like holding Davis Webb on like this final drive. And um, something that no one will talk about this season either. We had this punter, dude. This punter. So right now, San Diego State has that punter, Matt Ariza, who's like punt god, who like is going to get drafted really highly. But back then, we had this punter whose name is Tanner Blaine. Blaine and simple, as they call it. He, he <laughs> was absolutely sensational at like, re, you know, redirecting the field, right? And like, you know, flipping field position and stuff. And he was a big piece of this team. Defensively, they gave up 40 points, but it still felt like a hard-fought win. And we had – so Devontae Casey, who currently plays safety for the Cowboys, was an outside corner for San Diego State. I think he had a pick in that game. He was awesome. He played outside corner despite being like a smaller guy, like five foot nine. I mean, this was still when San Diego State was recruiting like three stars and turning them into four-star, five-star talents. Like they were – recruiting like duds and somehow like finding ways to like make these guys talented. So Demonte Casey shows up in this game. I think he had an interception, but it was legitimate. Like Davis Webb threw three picks in this game.
da- we got Davis Webb throw three picks in this game, which was like again just a sensational piece. And they still put up forty. And they still put up forty. Monte <laughs> Casey had a pick. Cameron Kelly had a pick. Who was with the Steelers for a bit? He played in the XFL. And then my favorite name of this season, Ronley Laka Laka. The other linebacker next to Munson, my guy, Ronnie Lockalock, I think was a true sophomore that year. All the hype was on Munson. All the hype was on Munson. But Lockalock was this young dude who was monstrous. And every time he'd make a tackle, you could tell the broadcaster was just, or the like the stadium announcer were just like, Ronnie Lockalock. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got the crowd going, man. It was a, it was a sweet, definitely like a sweet. When Davis Webb was a big name when he transferred, like when he went to Cal, I was like, oh my gosh, they got tra- they got Davis Webb. That game is going to be a grind. Like I don't like again, like we lost to Cal the previous year. Yeah, it was coming. It was at home, but I thought it was going to be a loss, honestly. But to to win that game, I think they were seven point dogs. I think they were like seven point dogs in that game, and they end up winning outright, forty five forty. A stellar one. And then the following week, we had Northern Illinois, who was like legitimately garbage. And we roll against Northern Illinois. Donald Pumphrey has another 220 yards on the ground. Like it was never even close. And that, that run defense that San Diego State had. So that was when Northern Illinois was like really trying to run the football. I think they held them to like less than four yards per carry. Really like no, no hope for Northern Illinois. And San, that's when you really felt San Diego State was on a tear. 3-0 and to start the year. Big win over Cal. And here comes the vaunted. South Alabama. Were you getting national attention at this point yet? I don't think. I think Donald Pumphrey was getting a little bit. Like Donald Pumphrey mm-hmm. after two back-to-back 200-yard games and like the record looking that much more achievable. I do think there was people starting to look at him, but not San Diego State, right? And like maybe we were going to crack the top 25 if we beat South Alabama. Like that's I think we were like a we we're like a win away from being a top 25 team nationally. Mm-hmm. But it, what it, I think more internally or like locally, it felt like this is the year. Like this is the year San Diego State can not go to the national championship, but this is the year that San Diego State could potentially like get like a monster New Year's Six Bowl or something. You know, I'm getting a little flirtatious with something insane <laughs> in that way. Um, and honestly, like I looked past South Alabama, even after losing to South Alabama the previous year, I did not feel that, you know, it would happen twice. Like I didn't think lightning in a bottle would hit twice here. I thought South Alabama was like the obviously inferior team. I, I really did not think that even that loss that they had the previous year did not feel like something that would repeat. Right. And I think um, it obviously did. It was a, it was a brutal scene. So the year before we lose to South Alabama, 34 to 27 in OT. And in that year, you had Gerald Everett, who went for 8-164 and a touchdown in 2015. So Gerald Everett, like, completely rolls us the previous year. And then the following year, the following year where we face him off again. We can't let this guy beat us. Exactly. <laughs> Gerald Everett goes for 5-103 and a touchdown. So, like, you know, again, Gerald Everett comes back and, like, legitimately rolls us um, – we can't run the ball. I think it was easily like Donald Pumphrey's like worst game of the year. Like South Alabama for back-to-back seasons, 2015, 2016, kept, I mean, kept, kept San Diego State down. I mean, if we don't lose to South Alabama, then we go on this run, right? And we're going to talk about these other games. We go on this run where we don't lose again until Wyoming, where they had Josh Allen. Like legitimately the, 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 the Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. We don't lose again until we play him in Laramie. And, um, that's where obviously, um, you know, I think I think that South Alabama loss like really settled expectations for San Diego State. I think from there it was definitely like a, I mean, it was kind of almost a necessary loss, right? I think you could tell locally at least 
that they were maybe a little bit too high on our horse, right? We won the Mountain West Championship the year before. We're going this year. We beat Cal. We beat Cal. And then we, we've, like, dumped trucks New Hampshire and Northern Illinois. It's like, okay, now we got South Alabama, and then we'll get to Mountain West play, and we're just going to roll, baby. We're, we're so good this year. And we just kind of fell asleep, right? And it was on the road, like traveling from San Diego to South Alabama. It was on the road. It's tough. But the, the games after that, the defense turns into a legitimate animal. We don't allow more than 16, more than 16 points in six straight games. And most of the games will score less than 10. Like this defense turns into a literal monster, and this is also in this run where, you know, Donald Pumphrey and Rashad Penny can't miss. So in this game against UNLV, and like UNLV, historically a good program, was like terrible at this time. Donald Pumphrey goes for 141 on 31 carries. Rashad Penny goes for 110 on 14 carries. Each has a touchdown. And like they can't score. Like they can't move the ball. We win, I think, what, 27, 26, 26, 7. They can't, they can't score on San Diego State. And it literally was never close. And I mean, that's kind of like par for the course for a lot of the games down the stretch. You know, and for that reason, Christian Chapman, who's the quarterback, didn't have to play a ton. Like, I mean, he had obviously played the games, but he didn't have to like, you didn't have to lean on him a ton. And you could play the play action game. You could run the football, play good defense. You kind of hide this weakness that was if they go down, it's very difficult to win games because you know, Chapman kind of stunk. So like, I think trying to – trying to keep the defense hot was like a huge, huge important thing. So you go against UNLV and you just blow them out 26, seven. And from there, it's like a series of blowouts against just like kind of inferior competition. Who had the second most receiving yards on the team that year and how many yards was it? Oh my goodness. Second most receiving yards. I want to say it was quest Truxton and he had like 400 yards or something. <laughs> I don't think it was a lot. Who was the second leading team? Well, for, first, that's a hell of a name as well. It was, I mean, I, I got a good story about Quest Truxton for later at the show. Quest Truxton is my guy. Uh, the number I got here, this would be David Wells with 294 yes. yards. That's my guy. <laughs> David Wells was dope, though. David Wells is legitimately like an NFL tight end. Like, I thought he was going to go to the league. David Wells was a sick blocker. That's what gets underrated, too. Like, Rashad Penny, Donald Pumphrey, NFL backs. But this offensive line was legit, dude. Like, we had Nico Siragusa, who's a third-round pick for the Ravens. Daniel Brunskull, who's like a tight end turned tackle, who's now still starting for the San Francisco 49ers. David Wells, who's like an awesome run-blocking tight end. Nick Bodden, who was a fullback who was drafted, I think, by the Lions or the Seahawks in the seventh round. Like, man, I keep, I keep raving about this team, dude. You find a team in the group of five that had more NFL talent than this San Diego State team. You would be hard-pressed. It'd be very difficult to find guys that were legitimately drafted on this team. Like the offensive line was good. And the other thing too, is the kicker, John Barron was nails, absolute nails. Like he did not miss from within like 40, 50 yards. He was a huge part of them just like pouring it on. John Barron was a legend for, for the San Diego state Aztecs that season as well. Um, Fresno state the following week after Nevada, we win 17, three defense, never even close. Like again, like they can't, this defense led by Calvin Munson, NFL player, Demonte Casey, NFL player, Cameron Kelly, NFL player, all awesome. And then our fourth leading kind of player was Alex Barrett, who I think was a seventh round pick. He played in the XFL for a little bit. He was an awesome pass rusher. We had this guy, Parker Baldwin, who I did a feature on him when I was in school at San Diego State, where he's from like this really small town in Illinois, but he's like the six foot three, 220 pound safety who like laid the boom, dude. He was a hard hitting dude <laughs> and was never an NFL player. 
never athletic enough, but like also just like a super fun guy to root for having talked to him. I did features on Rashad Penny that year. Who was like, one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. I did a feature on the fullback who was like a former QB. Nick Bottom was a QB in high school and then like beefed up to be fullback. I did a, a feature on the punter, Tanner Blaine, plain and simple. I did one on Barron, I think. Wells was always there. Munson was sick. I mean, this team had a ton of personality too, which um, helped helped it from a media perspective. The only guy that was tough to talk to was probably Casey. But Demonte Casey was a little bit more quiet, um, but he was awesome. He was awesome on the football field. I think he had like – eight interceptions that season or some crazy number of interceptions like Demonte Casey in 2016 was on a legitimate terror he was he was sick that season uh Demonte Casey was a dude um the following week after Fresno State right San Jose State for those who don't know Mountain West football is absolutely atrocious San Jose State is heinous this season we win 42 to 3 at this point in time, we're the 19th ranked team in the country. If we didn't lose to South Alabama, we'd probably be top 15, and people were like talking about us nationally. But we were the 19th ranked team in the country. We beat San Jose State 42 to three. Donald Pumphrey goes for over 140 yards, I believe, rushing. Rashad Penny has a 105 himself. They combined for five touchdowns on the ground. It, it was an unstoppable force, man. Like this offensive line, this running back duo was unstoppable. You could not do anything wrong. And there was never. I want to emphasize this. There was never at any point people clamoring for one over the other, right? No one was like, oh, they need to give Penny more carries. Oh, they need to give Pumphrey more carries, right? It was like, dude, they are a tandem. We give whoever we want the ball and they're going to run the football well. Like, And mm -hmm. people talk about like Donald Pumphrey breaking the career rushing yards record. He doesn't break it until the Las Vegas Bowl. So Las Vegas Bowl against Houston is when he picks up the final couple yards to break the NCAA rushing yards record. Um that if he if Penny did not get as many carries as he did, like in these games, he's getting like over 100 yards as the backup. You'd think about <laughs> the yards. You'd think about as the yards that Pumphrey would have ended up with. It would have been kind of insane. But um, yeah, so we beat the San Jose State 42-3. Following week, Utah State, who is also garbage. Mountain West is just rolling through. We beat them 40 to 13. It's the highest anyone scored in a team in a long time. They could not score. They could not move the football. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that even put up their second score. Um, Donald Pumphrey goes for 223. Juwan Washington. Now, here's where Juwan Washington enters the conversation. Juwan Washington was Rashad Penny's backup. So backup, backup. And this true freshman was freaking sick. Juwan Washington was arguably faster than Donald Pumphrey. And he would come in and be like, dude, what is going on? We can't miss right now. These running backs are all insane. Juwan Washington, I think, had a kick return score that year. He was like super small. But like fast and behind, like, again, you don't have three running backs all have success because they're all NFL talents, even though like Penny and obviously Pumphrey were. That offensive line, dude, was an absolute road grader. Like they legitimately bullied people into submission. San Jose State had no answers. UNLV had no answers. Um, and obviously Utah State took a bludgeon, right? I mean, Juwan, Juwan Washington had over 100 yards in this game. Um, Donald Pumphrey had over or Rashad, uh, yeah, Donald Pumphrey had over 200 yards in this game. Just another bludgeoning. Rashad Penny only had 16 yards um, rushing in that game because Juwan Washington got a lion's lion share. But it was like it was also like a hot hand situation, right? Like it was whoever was playing well, they'd be feeding the football. Um, and uh, again, like against a doormat team in the Mountain West, like this San Diego State legitimately couldn't miss, right? And like we, the South Alabama loss aside, just kept on this roll. So this, this brings up the question, you, Austin, 
all the running backs go down in the San Jose State game, how many yards are you getting? Over 100. I mean, I'm in my prime at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting over 100. No, I mean, that offensive line was bullying kids. I think I could have gotten over 100. Give me like 30 carries. I think I could have gotten over 100 yards. I think it was uh, – well, quarterback can't throw. You'll get the carries. Exactly. Exactly. Christian Chapman, you'd rather hand the ball off to me. Chapman is the reason we could not beat South Alabama. South Alabama, obviously, Gerald Everett goes up. But, like, once you go down and you can't run the football, I mean, this San Diego State team was toast. And, um, I mean, you'll see that against Josh Allen when we go over the Wyoming game. But um, it was it was a brutal scene. Hawaii. On to Hawaii. Hawaii, if you don't aren't familiar, San Diego State has a rival. And it is Hawaii. And it's the Battle of the Beaches. And they come this year to San Diego – and they have Ronley Lakalaka's brother. Ronley Lakalaka's brother is Stephen Lakalaka. So there was a lot of like ceremonial like pageantry around this game. Every every freaking press conference, it was like, oh, how are you feeling about you know going against your brother? And Ronley's like, I'm gonna murder him and all this stuff. And um, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Ronley Lakalaka, dude, was fantastic on the mic. He was it was a fun interview. But what position was his brother? Running back, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so they are straight up tackling, exactly. Running. So Stephen Lakalaka is their top running back, and Ronnie Lakalaka is the linebacker for um, San Diego State. Ronnie Lakalaka ends up finishing the game, I think, with four total tackles and an interception. Stephen Lakalaka, the running back for Hawaii, fourteen carries, forty yards, just took him down. Dude. It was, it was never, it was never in doubt. Hawaii, I think, loses big time. We win fifty-five to zero. Again, nineteenth ranked team in the country on the rise. Uh, Christian Chapman doesn't even throw for more than 80 yards in this game. Instead, you know who shows up. Donald Pumphrey over 100 yards. Rashad Penny, 108 yards and a touchdown on eight carries. Juwan Washington, 48 <laughs> yards and a touchdown on five carries. We legitimately could not miss. And this was a Hawaii team that had um, – so in addition to Laka Laka, the, the running back who they liked, they had Jelani Tavai, who was the linebacker that was drafted in the second round by the Lions. So there was a lot of hype around Jelani Tavai – for Hawaii, but it did not matter, dude. It did not matter. San Diego State again, just like on an absolute tear. It was, it was incredible. Anytime you blank a team, and yeah. you've got two already at this point in the season, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't care who you are, a shutout's a shutout. That's tough to do in football. Oh, it was, it was impressive, and it was in San Diego, which was great. Um, press box was, was bumping. It made the story a lot easier for sure, which was obviously a huge win. But. Um, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, this this next game is is the last kind of the last hurrah in terms of the streak, right? The streak at, ends after we beat Nevada forty six sixteen, and like think about this run, dude. This run that we're on, we lose to South Alabama on the road. We almost throw that game immediately out the window. UNLV win twenty six to seven. Fresno State win seventeen to three. San Jose State win forty two to three. Utah State forty to thirteen. Hawaii, 55-0, and then we go against Nevada, and it's 46-16, dude. It's capping off a six-game winning streak where you didn't just win every game. You just completely, like, 
demolished every team you played. The defense was not giving up points. You could not stop running the football. And, and like no one could stop the run. Donald Pumphrey's on for a career rushing yards record. In this game against Nevada, Donald Pumphrey goes for 198, and Rashad Penny goes for 208, and Juwan Washington goes for 70. It was an ins- it was like legitimately insane. <laughs> like what we were doing on the ground and what we're doing on defense was some of the most absurd shit I've ever seen. And I did not think anyone in the Mountain West, at least, could beat us. Like I did not think I did not think they could be stopped. We did not in that six game win streak show one glimpse of you know like weakness, right? I mean, outside of Chapman, where obviously when you go down in games, it's so much more difficult to come back and run the football effectively. Um, but defensively, we were, could not miss. Literally did not allow more than 16 points in any game. And offensively, I mean, this game against Nevada was probably one of the more impressive offensive performances of any team in college football that year. 198 yards from one running back, 208 on 10 carries for Shot Penny. That's 20 yards a carry, dude. 20 yards <laughs> a carry uh, in that game. Uh, three interceptions, including Parker Baldwin had one, Cameron Kelly, who's that NFL talent that had one. And going against two, Nevada had that running back, James Butler. James Butler, I think, was like floated around the NFL for a little bit. He was like, okay, but like, like these Mountain West teams were bad. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sit on this high horse and say like San Diego state was beating up a good Mountain West, but like they were bad, but not that bad. And what, what San Diego state was doing was impressive. This is when the national attention was rising and um, the next game on the schedule, man. So we knew this game was going to be tough. You know, Wyoming at the time, I believe was eight and three. And I think some of their losses were to some non-conference teams. And we knew from people who had covered San Diego state for a while, that Laramie Wyoming is super difficult to play in, especially in like Nevada. I mean, not Nevada in, no, in November, like November where it gets colder and things get, things, things don't get as easy. And this game, we knew they had a legitimate NFL caliber quarterback in Josh Allen and Josh Allen at the time was not near what he is now, but like could run the football, big rocket arm and throw the ball a mile. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, there was a lot of nerves, right? They did not, we did not feel as confident as we did, obviously, going against some of the other San Diego State competition. And like every pundit in national media was like, this is going to be their hardest test, right? Like this is going to be their most difficult game of the year. And it was. And somehow, opening kickoff, bro, Rashad Penny takes it to the crib. <laughs> Rashad Penny goes to the house on the opening kickoff in Wyoming. I'm shitting. I'm losing my goddamn mind. It was insane. I was like, let's go. We are going to go and we're going to continue. Um, as long as Gerald Everett isn't walking through the those doors, we're golden. <laughs> so then Gerald Everett did not show up in this game, but someone else did. Another NFL talent. And it wasn't actually Josh Allen. It was Brian Hill. Brian Hill, who was a Falcons running back for a little bit. I think he was drafted on day two or day three. He goes into this game and says, "What what's up? San Diego State D. He runs for 131, two touchdowns and two or no, yeah, two touchdowns and uh, on 31 carries. Brian Hill is the worst nightmare, like a buzzsaw to the San Diego State defense. They could not stop him. They end up they end up tying up the game 10-10 on a Brian Hill touchdown late in the second quarter. Um, late in the second quarter, we go up 17-10. Um, to a pass to Parker Houston, who was our other tight end outside of David Wells. So we go into the half up 17-10, but it did not feel good. Like this, this, I'll tell you right now, that lead did not feel good. The highlight of that game, the first highlight of that game is the Rashad Penny return to the crib. From there, it was like it felt like we were on our you know, our weren't doing well. And 
you can go back onto my Twitter and look up the tweets I have about Josh Allen. And he was just a gunslinger, dude. It was like, I'm scoring a touchdown or I'm throwing a pick. Like, that's like, that's literally like what he was. He, I think he only completed like 50% of his passes in this game, but a lot, he still overthrew for over 200 yards because he's pushing the ball downfield. He also had an interception. Uh, it, it was, it was an interesting player to play at the time. He was so raw. He was so confident in his ability, but he just didn't care. If he like actually played the level that he's playing now, which goes without saying, like it would have been like an absolute demolishing, but like he was still very up and down, like a roller coaster, if you will. Second half kicks off and Brian Hill scores another touchdown tied up 17. Juwan Washington now returns a kickoff for a touchdown. The other running back. So the other back <laughs> back returns a touchdown. Special teams a nightmare for Wyoming. The game ends up getting into a gritty, gritty, gross fourth quarter where we're up 27-20. They score back-to-back touchdowns in the fourth, two Josh Allen touchdowns where um, – Two, two Josh Allen touchdowns where Tanner Gentry was this Wyoming receiver that they had who was like, I think he might've played in the XFL or something. He was awesome. Tanner Gentry's lighting it up. Josh Allen's lighting it up. They end up going up 34, 27. This is where the man, the myth, the legend quest Truxton shows up. If you ever have time in your life, look up the quest Truxton catch to tie this game. Quest Truxton catches like this, like, borderline Hail Mary from Chapman that like, honestly, I was screaming up and down when he got caught this ball. I could not believe what just happened. Like Quest Trucks and this catch is like absurd. Like he's like falling out of bounds and like barely, like, oh, here's the Quest Trucks in play. Look at this catch. It's insane. <laughs> insane. Quest Trucks and catches oh, it. Like, yeah. And like the guy knocks it out after. So like, it comes off this Hail Mary. And he's right there. It's so, oh my God. It's just the most insane. It's the most insane catch ever. Like they review it like a hundred times. Cause it looks like he might've dropped it, but he didn't. And he reviewed it like a hundred times. He finally like touchdown. And this is as time expires, bro. This is like legitimately like the game is ending. Like time is, en- we're going to like kick it to go to OT. Rocky Long says, no, we're winning in regulation. Decides to go for two, goes for two, and they don't get it, and they lose. And it was like it was like the most anticlimactic loss ever. Because, like, coming back off of Chapman's arm, Quest Truxton, this insane catch, they go for two, and they don't get it. I, don't, I think it was a what, Chapman. What was the play? Okay. I'm trying to remember what the play was. Like, it was so, like, disheartening. I think I might delete it from my memory. But, like, I think they tried – they didn't try and run it. I know that. Like, they tried to get, like, Chapman on a rollout or something. And, like, it was an incomplete pass. And it was over. Like, that was – it was it. Losing my guy Let's see it. Let's see it. I don't remember it. Oh, this just, – just uh, so – he was just so – yeah, the, he had the rush coming. He just kind of threw it's it up. It's so bad. Like, what was that play call? I think that was the Parker – was that the Nick Bott in the fullback? And, like, what is this? Like, we're asking Chapman to throw from the opposite hash. Oh, that's just the yeah. worst thing. That is the worst thing. It's going to make me cry. This is so sad. I hate seeing this. Oh, and they rushed the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And it felt like such a – like, because, dude, like, this, this drive to tie it up was so sensational to lose, like, literally on the next play, just, like, didn't even feel right. Like, it didn't even feel like it made sense. And the play happened so fast. I, mean, I think I think it was, like, a boot, like, a quick boot, like, where there's, like, one of those one-route options, and it just wasn't open, tries to turf it in, and it just doesn't work. And that game, like, that's when, you know, you lose that game, right? And um, 
you know, you think, okay, it's over, right? Like Wyoming now has the tiebreaker for the Mountain West Championship. If they went out, they have the they host. So Mountain West, it's not like other conferences. They, they you host your championship, so you'll be like in your own thing. So going back to Laramie, like wasn't even an option. It didn't feel like, and it felt like San Diego State San Diego State season was over. Like they, it did. I do think that the aura around the the team was that was our Super Bowl and we lost. And uh, it was brutal, man. And that's evident in losing to Colorado State the next week. Like co- we lose to Colorado State sixty-three to thirty-one next week. Yeah, you get you didn't just lose to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like so that week. Like every single person like took the week off. It felt like so the quarterback for Colorado State. His name was Nick Stevens, and he was actually a friend of mine who I had like like talked to, and like I think I worked with his girlfriend and. I was like, dude, we're going to blow you guys out. You guys are trash. Like we're, we're coming, you know, whatever, whatever. But it was such a bad game. And they had Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was a legitimate monster in this game. Michael Gallup, I think, goes for – he goes for 139 and three touchdowns in this game. And Michael, this, is, this, is, this is like – Michael Gallup like set Colorado State receiving yards records when he was there. Like he was awesome for Colorado State. Um, Donald Pumphrey averages 2.9 yards per carry. Can't get him off the ground. Christian Chapman lays an egg. They had two running backs, Dalen Dawkins and Izzy Matthews that both went over hundred. Like this was such a, like that trip back from Laramie was so bad. And like it, they wore it like a badge, man. Like it took, it took a wake up call like this to realize they needed to turn it back on. And like they needed to win, um, you know, they, 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 they kind of like let out the gas. And so they, they'd already, I guess I didn't mention this, but they had already um, like, clinch their birth to go to the mountain West championship. Right. So you go to Colorado state and you don't necessarily need to win that game. So you lose to Wyoming. So if you, they beat Wyoming, they host the mountain West championship. They lose to Wyoming. Now they have to go to Laramie for the mountain West championship, regardless of what happens at Colorado state, they go to Colorado state and they're just trash. And then guess where we're heading back, heading back to Laramie, Laramie to take on the infamous Josh Allen and the Wyoming, the Wyoming um, Cowboys. I think what they are. It was, um, it was, no one was excited for this trip. It's significantly colder. It's like two degrees. It's, no one feels like we're going to win this cold. game. It, it was not, it was not, it was not cool. No one felt like we were going to win this game either. Like no one, like we felt that they were the better team and we gave our best swing, right? It was, you know, we gave our best swing with Quest Truxton and this whole like, and know, two kick returns. Exactly. Like two. Yeah. It was, it felt like a fluky to even be in this game, but like, this is like vintage Josh Allen. Josh Allen goes 14 of 31, three TDs and two picks. Like he's like up and down, like barely complete. Like doesn't even complete half his passes throws. these like really two like ugly, ugly interceptions. And unlike we, the first time we played him, the running game actually worked. Donald Pumphrey went for 110 on 25 carries. Rashad Penny went for 117 on 16 carries. The run game opened up, and Brian Hill didn't go on this tear. And, like, the whole thing just, like, the ball didn't – like, it felt like a revenge game. It felt like, while on the outside, I felt like we weren't going to win. On the inside, San Diego State took this loss against Colorado State. That loss against Wyoming in Wyoming the previous year just, like, sat on their minds, right? And I think everyone was chomping at the bit to get another piece of Wyoming to win the Mountain West championship. And like every single player showed up. It was 
a sensational affair. Demonte Casey had two interceptions in this game off of Josh Allen. I think one to clinch the game late in it. It was um, it was a beatdown. I think they ended up winning that game like 27-10. It was – or no, 27-24, but it felt like more of a beatdown. They tried to come back late, scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Tanner Gentry, I think, had one of them. But um, they weren't able to, like, pull off a big enough comeback in the fourth. We were leading – um, you know, 27-10 going into the second half and, like, really never let up. Like, it was a very big – milk, milk the clock from there. With your exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I will honestly say the win, the loss to Wyoming in the regular season was more um, – was more, like, impactful or emotional for me than the win. Because the win was obviously mm-hmm. sick. Like, winning the Mountain West Championship, there's a lot of opportunity to cover the team. We're excited to get into a bowl and stuff like that. But that loss – is ingrained in my head. It's like one of the worst losses I think I've ever hit me as a fan, man. Like that was uh that was a sad state of affairs, man. The quest trucks in two point conversion combo was like legitimately one of the craziest two play sequences of my life. Um, but yeah, the Mountain West championship was sick. And like, I think um, obviously a monster win for Donald Pumphrey, but now like, I think at, a lot of the focus too was on Donald Pumphrey chasing this, you know, a war or the, the rushing yards record, right? Like, once he won the Mountain West Championship, everyone's like on this countdown to see how many yards he needed to get it. So like then all eyes kind of point to the Vegas Bowl. I don't remember how many yards he needed in the Vegas Bowl to get it, but it wasn't like a it wasn't like a small you can just tell us it'll be right. Yeah, I think I think it was like 50 plus yards. Like he needed like plus. 50-ish yards to get the record against Houston in the Las Vegas bowl. And I think if I remember correctly, like no one gave San Diego state a chance against Houston. I think everyone thought Greg Ward jr. Was going to dominate. I think. And that was so Houston was the number 18th ranked team. We were the number 24 ranked team. Greg Ward jr. Was pretty electric like all year. And we go down 10, zero to start. We don't score until like six twenty eight in the second quarter. John Barron, the legend kicker gets us with three. But that entire game, defense is, like, slowly, like, catching on, really, to Greg Ward. Greg Ward ends up throwing four picks, dude. Throws four picks in this game um, against, against San Diego State. Donald Pumphrey goes for 115 and touchdown for the record. And um, that ends up being, like, the entire celebration, right? Like, it was cool to win the bowl game. It was cool to, like, cap off, like, what was obviously such a sensational season. But then, like, the entire – national attention goes to Pumphrey, 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 breaks the war and all that stuff. And I like had opportunities to talk with Pumphrey while I was there at San Diego state. I mean, to be blunt, like I thought he was kind of an asshole. Like, I mean, he was just like, I mean, I didn't think Pumphrey was like a super nice guy. So like he was, I always rooted for Penny over Pumphrey from a personality perspective, but it was still like, obviously like such a big feat for him. Right. And he was so small, dude. Like I'm bigger than Donald Pumphrey. Like I, I am like, I'm taller and I weigh more than Donald Humphrey. And I'm only like five foot nine, 180 pounds. <laughs> like, like, it's like, that's how small he was. And he wasn't that fast. Like he only ran, I think in the four fours, right. He was just like a really savvy back and also just stayed healthy. Like to break the career rushing yards record, you have to also like play a shitload of games. Right. And like take a lot of carries. And like he benefited a ton from running behind a really good offensive line and never getting hurt. And um, even despite his kind of like smaller frame. So that big win over Las Vegas, or in the Las Vegas bowl over um, Houston was just this huge cap off to like Rocky long. And I remember being really emotional about like, like this season and like, if we didn't lose, if we didn't lose to, you know, Josh Allen and Laramie, 
and we didn't lose. Like, we shouldn't have lost any of those games, guys. Like, we should have been undefeated. <laughs> we should have beat South Alabama. We should have beat Josh Allen if we called a good two-point conversion. And if we don't have, like, our spot locked up in the Mountain West Championship, we probably, like, show up against Colorado State and that terrible team. Like, Colorado State was not good. We were favored in that game. We get, like, absolutely rolled. Like, we should have been undefeated that year. I honestly believe that. Like, that team was that good. It was that good to go undefeated. And I think if you ask players from that season, Munson, um, Pumphrey, Penny, like, they would they would say some similar shit. I mean, they – that year felt different, even more different than the 2015 season. And obviously in 2015, like they had a lot of success, right? Like, I mean, they won the Mountain West Championship over Air Force and then, um, you know, beat Cincinnati in like an absolute bludgeoning. Like 26, 20, 2015, that Cincinnati game, that bowl game, we went 42 to seven, dude. Like it was a, it was a, a, a bludgeoning, if you will, for, for um, San Diego State. So it was a, it was a big, um, it was a big year, man. 2016, dude. I'm, I, I, this has been such a fun show to li- relive that season. <laughs> I've been like to see that Quest Truxton play again is crazy, man. Like that, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that play. That was uh, that was such a cool, a cool year. I mean, that uh, was uh, it was an emotional time. We'll end it on this. Who do you think from the San Diego State defense, Josh Allen still? wakes up in, in cold sweats in the middle of the night thinking about. It's probably tough, right? I, I think it's either Casey, who had two picks on him in that game, um, or Munson. And Munson was this kind of like Calvin Munson, who is this like hybrid linebacker. I think he had an interception on Allen in one of these games too, um, who was like this hybrid linebacker where he also rushed the passer a ton. And he got after Allen and like, chased him down a handful of times. Calvin Munson was like the dog of that defense, right? He was the, like the, he kind of had like a Leighton Vander Esch vibe to him where he was everywhere for the defense tackle machine leader. Um, I think Josh Allen probably still thinks about him. I mean, I will be honest, dude. I mean, San Diego State's defense is loaded. Like Casey, Parker Baldwin, Alex Barrett, Munson, Laka Laka, that whole squad. And like, that whole squad runs like a really unique defense. They run like a three, three, five. They call it like the warrior defense where it's, they throw a lot at you. There's not a lot of guys with a hand on the ground. They'll sometimes bail eight. They'll sometimes bring a ton. And um, it gave a lot of people fits. It was a big reason why when, when everyone was high and mighty in that six game winning streak where we didn't allow like more than like 10 points a game, it was, um, it was, it was good times in San Diego. I still can't believe we gave 63 to Colorado state, but man, it was, um, it was a, uh, it was quite the run that six game streak where I thought like the defense was like the best in college football, dude. Like I, I legitimately thought it was that good. And it was, uh, it was, it was a crazy run. There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CFB stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter, as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. I'm Austin Gale from PFF. I'm going to tell you the story of the 27th, oh, whoa, 2016.
And um, I graduated from San Diego State in May of 2017 and immediately worked at PFF nine days after graduation. So I've been in Cincinnati for about five years. Nice. Eating Skyline Chili every night. I ne- never eating Skyline Chili. I refuse. <laughs> it's really good. It, lo- it does not look good. I, don't, I haven't, I haven't um, made that plummet yet. <laughs> Renner had like 10 Bloody Marys, apparently. <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Renner, Renner is my uh, podcast co-host. He's a great dude. So what's the hangover remedy if you get completely plastered on Bloody Marys? Like, what do you I'm do? A Oh, there you go. For the win. <laughs> that was a quick answer. Uh, I know from experience. I, I thought you just sort of like slowly weaned off of the Bloody Marys until the Bloody Marys weren't in your system anymore. And then you could have a Bloody Mary to cure the hangover from the beer or whatever else you transition to. Lots of options available. It's a process. So. All right, so if you had to put yourself in Josh Allen's shoes, like, what was your perception as Josh Allen of the two games that you played against San Diego State? I mean, defense was good. I mean, the defense limited him as a passer real well and, like, got after him. We got pressure on him. He ran the football okay, I think, in the first game, did not run as much in the second game. And, like – if he was just more accurate and more efficient with the football and like, didn't take as many risks, I think they win both those games. But like, this was the Josh Allen that was inaccurate gunslinger mentality that like legitimately he wasn't good. Like, like it's why people bagged on him in the draft process. Right. I mean, a lot of people, they didn't like Josh Allen as a prospect. He played like, you know, trash his first two years in the NFL it wasn't really until last year, obviously, that you've seen Josh Allen like hone his skill set, work with Dable, run the football, you know, do these different things and have a ton of success. Like now it's like you bring up Josh Allen's, I'm like, oh my God, like it's the best, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Back then he was not good. Like he was, he was not that good. He just had like a ton of tools. And that was the only thing you really noticed. Like, oh my God, this guy has a legitimate rocket throwing to Tanner Gentry. And uh, and the boys at Wyoming, and he's really athletic and he's really big. If he ever figures it out, you know, maybe there's something here. And obviously, he has figured it out. Totals outscored all six opponents, two hundred and twenty-six to forty-five. It's not bad. Six games. You, you scored more in two of those games than you gave up in all six of them. <laughs> It was insane. It was insane. I've got a question along the lines of the yards per carry. So who was the highest yards per carry rusher on the team that year? I think it was Jawan Washington, was it? I mean, or no, was it Penny? I don't know. I guess I don't know who it was. No, this was Quest Truxton. Oh, Quest, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Two carries that year. It went for 22 a carry. With both of them. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's incredible. Everyone at San Diego State was just like, when are we going to get, like, a good quarterback? You know, like, if San Diego State, that team had a good quarterback with Pumphrey and Penny in that offensive line. Yeah, Josh Allen. I know. We had Josh Allen. We could have been doing it. Oh instead, instead, we had, you know, Chris Chapman, who was, like, legitimately trash. I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be dick to him, but, like, that guy sucked. It was not. Who's the best quarterback in San Diego State? history is there an obvious one i'm not thinking of or i don't know if there is i'm 
I mean, Jim didn't Jim Harbaugh play for he played for I think the University of San Diego, but not San Diego State. Um, I don't know. I mean, the big the big guy that I mean, I, the only like real big football player um, that came out of San Diego State was Marshall Falk, obviously. Like he he's like the one that everyone brings up. I think the best quarterback for San Diego State is actually. Do you remember Ryan Lindley, the the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. Yeah, he was he was the the quarterback that he drafted in 2012 in the sixth round. But like that might have been like the best guy, but um, he still wasn't that great. I have one more really important question. Um, <laughs> if one of the Muppets was to have played defense for the 2016 Aztecs, which one would it have been? One of the Muppets. I have no idea. I don't even know the Muppets names. <laughs> the Kermit, maybe? I don't know. I, let me see. I'm excited to see what you're pulling I'm, up here. <laughs> I'm really going to say Fozzie Bear. Fozzie oh, Bear. I think, oh, Waka Waka Waka. Yeah, that's waka, great. I was saying, yeah, it'll fit right in with the, yeah. Waka Waka Waka. waka, waka. That's pretty good. I was wondering where you're going with that, Kyle. <laughs> I knew you had something up your sleeve. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.